are kicking off episode 171 of Monster Kid Radio with the song Cat Eye Glasses. It's from the band Beware the Dangers of a Ghost Scorpion. You can find it on their album Blood Drinkers Only. You can find them online at ghostscorpion.bandcamp.com. You can find this podcast website at monsterkidradio.net. I'm your host, writer-producer Derek M. Cook. Welcome to the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm excited about this episode of Monster Kid Radio. I did a lot of editing on this one, a lot of post-production, and that's just fun. I'm a podcaster now through and through. I've been podcasting since 2008. I love editing good quality audio, and that's what we've got in this episode. Before I tell you what it is, though, let me tell you about our website, monsterkidradio.net is where you're going to find everything you need to know about the podcast between episodes you can find a link to the band beware the dangers of a ghost scorpion you can also find a link to our patreon page this is where people can support the show by becoming a patron now as i've been saying for a while i'm reworking the patron reward level so stay tuned for that but for those of you who have been supporting us as a patron for patreon Thank you. We also have a link to our Live 365 internet radio station. Now, this is where we play music and sounds from monster movies and film scores and trailers. It's through Live 365 internet radio, so it's free to listen, but they are ad-driven. So just, you know, every once in a while, you get an ad for something like Geico or something. But otherwise, it's nothing but awesome music. Music that I listen to on a regular basis. Thought I'd make a radio station available to the listeners of Monster Kid Radio so that you can listen to it whenever you want. We also have a link to our Facebook group. This is where conversations are happening between episodes with different listeners of Monster Kid Radio. And you know what? If you are a Facebook user, I'm going to ask you to head on over, join the group because I'm going to go ahead and start putting up some polls. I know we talk about doing this every once in a while. I'm going to put up a new poll, you know, just kind of a question actually kind of open-ended i'm curious where are monster kid radio listeners based out of so i'm going to put up that post in facebook it'll be waiting for you guys and gals by the time this episode's done you'll see it there and this we'll call it like an mkr roll call you know if you're a facebook user we also have a facebook page that you can like we're up to 450 likes as of the time of this recording you know what we're near the end of january you think by the end of february we can get 500 likes Let's give that a shot. Let's see what happens. You know, also on our website, our contact information is right there at the top. Click on contact. You're going to find our email address. It's monsterkidradio at gmail.com. You're also going to find our voicemail line, which is 503-479-5657. That's 503-479-5MKR. If you have any comments about anything you're going to hear in this episode of Monster Kid Radio or the previous 170 episodes, well, feel free to drop me a line and we'll address it here on the show. So, what do we have lined up this week? Well, a couple of weeks ago, back in episode 167, this was on January 13th, we did part one of an interview with filmmakers Joe DeMuro, Tom Rice, and Mike Rudolph. They are working on a movie called Tales of Dracula. This is a retro-style film, black and white, told in the style of the Universal Monster movies of the 40s and 50s, something that I'm really excited about. What I wasn't so excited about was the quality of audio that I was able to produce during the interview. There were some complaints, and I apologize. There was no disrespect meant toward Joe, Tom, or Mike. I feel terrible still to this day that the audio quality of that interview wasn't up to snuff. And that's on me. And I apologize for that. Now, Joe, Tom and Mike are super cool. 
They understood that there were some audio issues. And Joe and Tom sat down and re-recorded their answers to the questions that I had in part two of the interview. So here's what we've got in this episode of Monster Kid Radio. We've got the second part of the interview, my original interview questions, Joe and Tom's re-recorded answers, and then a little bit with Mike from the original recording that I took that had the audio problems on my side. So, you know, it's going to be kind of a mix. Every once in a while, the audio quality does drop just a touch. I tried to filter it and make it sound as good as I possibly can. But you know what? Big thanks to Joe and Tom for going out of their way and, well, hooking Monster Kid Radio up with some nice, clean recordings that I didn't pull off in the first place. They didn't have to do that. That's my responsibility. But you know what? They helped a brother out. So thank you so much to Joe and Tom. And thank you, listeners, for sticking with us. This was not something that we intended to do. You know what? Why don't we just go ahead and dive into it right after this? See the top double thrill, double chill motion picture program of the year. Curse of the Werewolf in color. The harrowing story of the legendary half-man, half-wolf. His evil beast blood demanded he kill, kill, kill. Plus the shadow of the cat. A shocking adventure into murder and psychotic fear. Two terrifying hits together. Don't miss them. White Zombie, a new novelization of the classic horror movie from award-winning author Stephen D. Sullivan. Available now in print and all ebook formats. Find it on Amazon, Smashwords, Drive Through Fiction, and other quality outlets. Also available in a special edition including the complete movie script. Grab White Zombie before it grabs you. Details at sdsullivan.com. He has walked through centuries, untouched by time. He has seen empires rise and fall. He possesses the wisdom of the ages. Throughout eternity, no man has ever provoked such terrible fear and such haunting desire. Dracula, starring Frank Langella, with Laurence Olivier. I'm the last of my kind, descended from a conquering race, but I must warn you to take good care. If at any time my company does not please you, you will have only yourself to blame. Oh, God! That's my poor shadow! Dracula. The story of the greatest lover who ever lived. Died. And lived again. Dracula. Hi, this is Joel Hodson, the creator of Mystery Science Theater 3000. You're listening to Monster Kid Radio, why don't you? (laughs) 
So can we talk a little bit about the cast? We talked about Dwight Kemper. He's the innkeeper. And Joe, you're the monster. Yes. Spoiler. <laughs> I play the monster. The makeup process on that was approximately six hours. Of course, Ron Chamberlain handled all the FX makeup on the film. Along with my makeup, he provided uh, makeup for Wayne uh, as Dracula and the two vampire brides. And he assisted in other areas. I think it's overall and all, it's pretty good makeup. Obviously, he did the Wolfman as well, which we kind of held back. We did put a little teaser out for people to kind of see what the Wolfman looks like, but eh, just a little teaser. Who else is in the film? Well, we had Wayne W. Johnson, who obviously plays Dracula. I think Wayne overall did a really good job with that. You know, we had talked about it at some length, and, you know, I kind of gave him a little inspiration as to watch the Frank Langella version of Dracula, which I believe was 1979, if I'm correct, because I felt he would fit that a little bit better for inspiration as playing his part. <laughs> okay. And I know he did watch some of the other films with Lugosi and some of the other Christopher Lee, but I think Wayne really kind of drew his own character and kind of brought him to life. I think he did a really good job. Then we have Tom DeLillo, who plays Creighton Reed, the Wolfman. And again, you know, Tom kind of watched the Lon Chaney version and he watched some of the other movies that are out there that have Wolfmen in it because it's like kind of a little bit different than a werewolf. And again, he kind of pulled his own experiences and I think he developed his own character and made Creighton Reed come to life on the screen. And then we have Dwight Kemper, who we did talk a little bit previously on part one. Dwight kind of came out and played Anton the innkeeper and you know when Dwight came in for the audition I kind of asked him to play it a little bit sort of like the innkeeper did in the 1931 Dracula and uh, you know Dwight kind of hit it perfectly and he kind of brought his own character to the show you know I I think he did a really good job with that I think uh, the proof would be in the film. Now I'm going to kind of hand it over to Tom Rice and let him talk about a few other cast members and some of his experience with working with them. We have Greta Volkova, who's playing Ilona. She was originally not cast as that particular character, and she was almost looked over until we had her come in and do a read. We had her and Cassandra Hayes come in to do a read-through with us, and we were pretty stunned by their actual read-through. They were pretty fluid about it, so they ended up getting the parts that they have, uh, Greta being Ilona and Cassandra being Elsa, Anton's daughter. We also had Laura Brink. She's playing Ingrid uh, right at the beginning of the film. Uh, she's already Dracula's bride. She came in. She's probably she's the second youngest that we have working on the film with us. And I mean, she has a little bit of experience, but it was from high school. And this is Mike Rudolph. Mm-hmm. When she came in, she just had that innocent look to her. She was just really, I don't know, there was something about her. And you know, we had her in the trailer in the beginning there doing the chase scene. Her and Anna, the, the little the little girl with her. Who else did we have? We had Father Boris, who was uh, played by Jay uh, Novelli, and uh, he gets <laughs> he's, he, was, he was a he was a fun character. He, I, I can't give away into the film. I just wanted to tell you what happened to him. Some of the other people that we had was uh, Dave Merrill. He's playing Daniel. That's uh, Ilona's father. We have Courtney Bennett playing Dr. Frankenstein. Chris Lyle plays Victor, and Anna Ponce, the youngest of the cast, plays the daughter of Ingrid. Who else do we have? We had Chris Lyles, who not only was a stand-in, but he was also very helpful on set. Him and Tom DeLillo, they would both hold a light or blow fog, or they were just always around. It seemed like they just really wanted to embody this filmmaking process, and they were just kind of great for, uh, what would you call it, like a production assistant. They just really wanted to have their hands in on this thing. I think all of them gave a, a pretty stellar performance in the film. I can't wait for everybody to see that. So with the Dr. Frankenstein character, was 
originally going to be a male and just Courtney came in and just impressed the heck out of you guys and you decided to make it female? Well, originally it was casted for a male role and we had hoped to have Donnie Dunnikin come in for the part. However, when we start reviewing what we had budgetary wise and what Donnie needed to come in, we just couldn't swing it in this actual production. So we were hoping that an opportunity to do Tales of Dracula Part 2, we will have, you know, an opportunity to bring Donnie and maybe even Janet Ann Gallo in, which would be really great. So we decided to look for somebody else to play Dr. Frankenstein, and we did another cast call. And we actually had some of our people who were already casted to sit on the panel to watch other people audition. And at that audition, Courtney kind of made it known that she would be very interested in that part. And I looked at the guys and I said, you know what, we had Dracula's daughter, why not finally the daughter of Frankenstein actually, you know, be the one to bring the monster back so we said yeah you know Courtney would be a good choice for that you know we just knew she would be a good choice for it so we said yeah you know you can have the role and um, again you know this is one of those things where you see her and her performance in the film you'll be like yeah well those guys made a great choice in doing that does Tom play both the human and then I'm assuming there's a werewolf transformation does so does he do both roles Tom DeLillo does play both versions of the wolfman we thought it'd be kind of cool to do that just like they did back in the original films so yeah he does and he does a good job and Chamberlain did the makeup for that as well yeah yep Ron Chamberlain uh, did that makeup as well and I believe that makeup was approximately a three-hour makeup and the werewolf suit obviously is made of a foam rubber upper body suit and we use two types of hair on it we use a synthetic hair and we use the hair called yakky hair because you can't use yak hair anymore so the hair was able to take heat from what Ron said was like a heating iron whatnot to give it more of an animal appearance and uh, I think when people actually get to see the wolfman they'll be like blown away that he's very beastly yeah I've only been to the one monster bash the summer monster bash last year and to see Chamberlain's work kind of walking around the floor. And, of course, I've seen pictures and all that. That's amazing. Now, I, I can't remember. Did we talk about this in the recording or did we say off mic that you spent 12 hours in the suit? Well, actually, the makeup process, again, was about six hours to get into it. And then uh, filming day, um, when we were actually were filming, we were filming between 12 and 14-hour days. That was that was like a 20-hour day. 20-hour day. Wow. We were in there a good eight hours, man. You probably had like a, a beginning prosthetic put on you right from the start. And again, you know, going back to the old days, you know, you really relate to uh, anybody who is a creature suit actor and what it's like to be in those suits all that period of time. And uh, it really takes a special actor to be able to handle the heat and everything else that goes with that. But it was definitely a really great experience to be able to put on the big boots and uh, actually film and, and actually get to play a role that is really very special to me. And Joe, you were the director on the project, but you were telling me in an email that when you were the Frankenstein suit, I mean, you weren't directing. Was it Mike that was helping you out with the co-direction at that point? Oh, it's Tom. Excuse me. Was it hard to turn off the director part of your brain when you got made up? <laughs> you know, when uh, I was in makeup, there was a couple of times where uh, Tom had to yell at me. Um, because I was back there mouthing lines. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of hard. But when I'm actually truly in full makeup and I'm in that character, I really do try to maintain that character. I really want to stay close to the character that I am at that point and try not to break it. But, you know, again, I, I think we collectively really did a, a decent job working with all of us. And, you know, we weren't even afraid to take suggestions from cast and crew. We would 
shoot it our way first. And if someone said, hey, you know, we should try this, you know, we weren't afraid to give it a try. And, and sometimes it worked out really well. How long did it take you guys to shoot the film? We're on 22 days right now. Tomorrow, what, the 17th, I think, is uh, that's when we shoot our 23rd scene. And that'll be the 23 days of shooting at this point. And then it's off to all the ADR and sound effects and design and music and everything else. So probably on following Monday. We'll probably have picture lock and be ready to start doing everything else. So, yeah, 23 days. When you're in the makeup, I'm assuming some of your facial movements and all that were restricted. How difficult was it to stay in character? Well, again, in, in being in makeup, especially you know, in the Frankenstein makeup, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to stay into character. You know, I try to distance the Joe from the Frankenstein monster as much as possible and really stay in that character. So- like for us to ask him while he's in that monster outfit, if there's anything extra, this blah, 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 all we get is... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so this is going to be feature length. The uh, film is uh, definitely feature length. Uh, we're looking in the ballpark of approximately 75-minute runtime. I think it's kind of right there where it needs to be and definitely feature length. You showed the trailer at the October Monster Bash last year. Uh, this is obviously your audience. This is your people, our people. What was the reaction? Ron Adams had invited us down to the October Monster Bash and truly a great show. So we had the opportunity to show the trailer on the big screen. I really got to stand there and watch the reaction uh, of the audience. And, uh, you know, I think they were just kind of at awe. I think, again, they're really excited about this film. And uh, we keep seeing the numbers and the trailer climbing. And we get all kinds of nice comments on some different various sites um, and these people are just so excited about this film. And uh, matter of fact, there was one funny comment on there. It was Universal uh, Army where we put the sneak peek of the werewolf up. And uh, one guy said, you're killing me. And then one guy came back and said, yeah, and didn't even have silver bullets yet. So it was kind of funny. <laughs> they said, great to see the fans' reaction. Was there or is there any uh, extra CGI or visual effects that you just had to put in to kind of maintain like a modern feel to this retro story i am the guy who's doing all the cgi we have used it not really a lot we do it's mostly about fog and scenes that we didn't have fog going i actually used some of the effects programs to remove some things from certain scenes uh, which is sad because you'll never know (laughs) Um, but we we've used it for a couple of representations of dracula i'm not going to go into detail you'll have to see that when the film comes out but as we all know he can convert to fog and you know a vampire bat and all these different kinds of creatures, wolf and stuff. So we'll we'll leave that up for when everybody actually comes to see the film. I'm not going to say anything else. There's the miniature in this? You've got miniature castle in this? Yeah, the uh, miniature castle was built for us by a gentleman out of Florida. And the castle is, you know, it's amazing that they call it a miniature because the thing is like three feet high, two and a half feet wide. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's really amazing. You know, it really fits perfectly with the film because, you know, we, we wanted it to really represent those films of the 30s and the 40s and we wanted to use miniatures where we could obviously you know along with the miniature castle we did build sets as well in uh, warehouses Uh, you know that's how they did those films back in the day they would build sets so yeah i really think this is the film 
that the fans have truly been waiting for and that Tales of Dracula is coming real soon and you can really sink your teeth into it. It sounds like the team really worked to make this feel like one of the classic films, you know, with the miniatures and the lap dissolves, that sort of thing. We do. We really take a lot of time to really make sure that the film really looks uh, like those 30, 40 films. I can't wait to see this movie. I want to see the movie. I've watched the trailer repeatedly since last year and then I watched it just before recording with you guys today when can i see it um it will be premiered at monster bash in june okay. so people can go on to uh, monster bash homepage and get your tickets in advance to see the film there we are probably going to be doing a local premiere uh here in the uh, binghamton area and, and mainly because you know these folks were really really good to us here and we had so many shooting locations here that you know it'd be nice for the community to see that films are a good quality could be made right here in Binghamton, New York. We don't need to be out in California. Uh, that's exciting news, and I desperately want to get to the next Monster Bash. Uh, I didn't need to go to the October one, but I would love to meet you guys in person and see what you guys are doing. If I can't do that, though, do you have a web presence, a website I can direct listeners to? You can find this online at our Facebook page, Tales of Dracula, and we also have a Wolfbane Productions Facebook page. You know, there's a lot of information just floating out there on the Internet, um, all you got to do is type in Tales of Dracula. You can also find the trailer on uh, YouTube as well. We definitely would enjoy feedback. Uh, anybody has the opportunity to see the trailer on YouTube, you know, please give us a like on the YouTube channel and uh, leave a comment. Well, I'll make sure there's links to both the trailer and the Tales of Dracula Facebook page and the show notes over at monsterkidradio.net. Guys, i got to ask you to keep me posted. Any more news about the movie, let me know, and I'll let the listeners know. I'm excited for this movie. <laughs> So monsterkidradio.net is where you're going to find the show notes to this episode. You're going to find links to the Facebook page for Wolfbane Productions. Wolfbane is spelled W-O-L-F-B-A-I-N Productions. You're going to find the Facebook page to Tales of Dracula and a link to the Tales of Dracula trailer featuring music from Tom Rice. You know, we played it back during episode 167. Before we move on to the end of the episode, why don't we go ahead and play that trailer again? You have come freely, 
but I fear you will not go see No You have to make time. The moon will be full tonight. I need your help. It's a curse of the werewolf to kill the one he loves. Before signing off, just want to give everybody a heads up. If you head over to the classic horror film board, you will see that they are now accepting nominations for the ballot for this year's Rondo Hatton Classic Film Awards. This can be an exciting time of year for those of us who love classic monster movies, who love movies, people who call themselves monster kids. This is exciting because as this ballot is taking place and then once the official ballot is released, you're going to get yourself a checklist of things that you might have missed last year of just cool media, magazines, articles, DVDs, interviews, commentary tracks, toys, just all sorts of things that are relevant to monster kids that are just fantastic. I cannot tell you how much I look forward to the official ballot every year. I also probably can't tell you how much my wallet doesn't look forward to it because, man, my shopping list increased every time. Anyway, the ballot is taking shape right now. If you head over to the Classic Horror Film Boards, go to the nominations for Rondo 13 section of the website, you can go ahead and let them know what you think should be nominated in categories like, well, I already mentioned some of them, magazine, article, interview, there's TV show, there's movies, there's documentary, there's podcasts, there's websites. Well, look at previous year's winners to get an idea in terms of what they're looking for for the ballot this year. I think that's about it. Now, next time on Monster Kid Radio here in a couple of days on Thursday... You know, there are some things that are happening in the Monster Kid Radio universe, some things that are coming up. I'm looking forward to what the future will bring for 2015 for Monster Kid Radio. Yeah, I know it's the end of January, but it's still technically the month of new resolutions and looking back at the previous year. You know what? I'm just looking forward to sharing with well, the most important people to the podcast, the listeners, what I've got planned for Monster Kid Radio in 2015. So come back for that here in a couple of days. Stay tuned or keep your feed updated on iTunes or Stitcher or however you listen to the show. Thank you for listening. And thanks to Beware the Dangers of the Ghost Scorpion for allowing us to play the song Cat Eye Glasses on this episode of Monster Kid Radio. That is on their album Blood Drinkers Only. You can find them at ghostscorpion.bandcamp.com. If you head over there and buy the album, let them know that Monster Kid Radio sent you. And remember, Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. Of course, it doesn't apply to the song that we just talked about because that you know, belongs to the band. Talk to everybody in a couple of days. Yeah.